0: what's up and welcome to the single player experience podcast the hottest thing since barbecue was invented as always i'm your host sebastian malden and joining me we have a great guest but before i get to our guest i want to thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast we know you got a lot of a lot of podcasts to choose but it's so it means a lot that you would choose to listen to this one but i digress enough about all that all that mumbo jumbo all the smookity smook kind of things because we got a dope episode for you it is our indie spotlight episode where we take an indie game that you should definitely have on your radar and we talk about it. And we talk about it with the dev, the lead the lead devs, the creators, and everyone like responsible for that game. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest today. He is the sensational, the magnificent, the magnanimous, the person who's never lost in Mario Kart a day in his life. This is the one, the only. Jorge Blanco. Jorge, how are you doing today?
1: Hey. Hi, Sebastian. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. And I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking.
0: Man. Uh, How are you? i'm good i'm good it's so good gl- it's so good to have you on the show like everybody jorge is the leading developer for this magnificent game that we're going to be talking about mana finder he is also the creator and you know lead developer behind the studios Wolfstein. and we thank you so much for being on the show for making time before we get to um the mana finder though i want to ask you for the people who don't know you can you introduce yourself to the audience
1: Sure, yeah. My name is, as you said, Jorge. Uh, people sometimes call me Lobo, which is like Spanish for wolf. Uh, but Jorge is fine, yeah. I'm <laughs> a software engineer by day and game dev by night. Uh, so I've been moonlighting uh, Mana Finder. I needed a, you know, as a creative outlet. And yeah, I've been game devin' for probably since high school. Uh, wow. You know, with a lot of very amateurish projects, but the passion and the, and the you know, interest has been there for a long, long time.
0: That's really cool. Like, um, so you say you've been doing this since high school, like, um, give us an age range. How long has it been since high school? Have you had your um, 10 year reunion yet for high school?
1: Uh, well, I still have, I actually still am in touch with some high school friends, but not any reunions of sorts uh, but that was like uh i watch, well, 18 years ago okay so it's
0: been yeah. a little bit yep it's actually, been a little bit
1: i actually started a bit earlier you know because like 20 years
0: ago yeah wow So, man you've been doing this for a really long time i want to mm-hmm. before we dive into man mana finder just a couple more icebreaker questions sure. um if kirby absorbed you what kind of powers would he get
1: uh, he would get, like, uh, a beard.
0: <laughs> a beard? He'd be able to grow a really cool beard? I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. So, mm-hmm. like, do you feel like that'd be part of his power set? He would just, like, use his beard and, like, and whip yeah, some ass yeah. to Smash Brothers, basically? <laughs> yeah
1: what else do you need like a beard is enough
0: <laughs> i like that i like that so um jorge i also want to ask you like we have this new segment on the show called hot takes that's where i ask our esteemed guest to give his personal hot take what do you sure. have for us today
1: so i believe 2d mario especially pixel art mario okay is better than any 3d mario
0: what okay okay (laughs) yeah
1: i know it's a hot take uh i actually came to this hot take after i saw some news that super mario odyssey is like the number one title on open critic Mm -hmm. and i'm like i mean it's not a bad game but give me super mario world any day
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel you is super mario world your favorite mario game yes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so man, I I'm right there with you, man. It's it's I like the 2D Mario's more so than the 3D Mario's myself, yeah. but like, yeah, it's I I feel like they got a little more charm and personality to them. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that, Jorge. Um, so let's get to the topic of the show, and that's Mana Finder. Mana Finder is a really cool game, but you know I want you to tell the audience about it. So for the people who haven't heard about Mana Finder, can you give them the pitch? What is this game? Sure. So,
1: at a very high level, uh, Mana Finder it's a turn-based RPG with a pixel art presentation. Uh, it's a very traditional console-style RPG. Uh, it's inspired by the classics because it is, but it's also something completely different, uh, like. There's, it doesn't borrow too heavily from any one single franchise or classic RPG, but uh, it's basically a a turn-based RPG that uh, has a very unique story where, uh, you know, choices matter, like, a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean it in a way that, you know, it, it affects the, not only the ending, but like the final chapter is completely different depending on your choices. And another important thing is that uh, I know that turn-based can be slow sometimes, so I also emphasize on making it a bit uh, fast-paced. So you only control one party member directly, and there are some abilities, for example, that do not consume turns, but they instead consume resources. So, you know, this resource management plays another important part of what makes Mana Finder unique, both in terms of storytelling and in terms of gameplay itself.
0: That's really so it's cool.
1: Very, yeah. Story heavy, turn-based, traditional RPG.
0: That's really cool. So um I you know, those kind of games where you have like turn-based RPGs get kind of like long. A lot of people love them for their their length and how like how much gameplay and content is is in the game i gotta ask you for this game uh like how long do, how long is the estimated you know time to beat
1: so right now it's around 12 hours 10 to 12 hours uh, oh, it depends a lot
0: on your play style
1: and uh, there's a lot of side content too so that you know can take it up to like 15 hours but still for an rpg uh, it's not like i would say a very very long uh rpg
0: oh that's really good um so like how long have you been developing metafonder
1: it started in late 2016 and i released last year so that's what like uh last year
0: yeah six years Mm,
1: it took me six years
0: man that's that's amazing so i i'm sure you got to have a lot of really cool stories about the the journey over the last six years
1: and i I, want to clarify like day one obviously was not me already like writing code and Mm -hmm. a lot of it was the early phases was like landing the concept you know sometimes you have a lot of ideas on your mind and they're pretty cool in your mind but landing them can be difficult (laughs) especially when you want to enlist people and get them on board with your idea that uh, that takes it uh, time so
0: So what was the process like whenever like you were, I know you were kind of like figuring out what this game was going to be and nailing down the entire like concept. Like what was that like, you know, trying to kind of, was it a little bit experimenting? Were you kind of like in the thought, like were you letting the incubate like thought wise for a little while, like walk me through that.
1: So, well, actually I was at that time practicing like some creative writing. I was like writing poems and I wrote a small fantasy team poem and I don't know, as I wrote it I started like imagining like the story of an exile that, that was like the main idea like before any actual world building was done I wanted to tell the tale of someone who is uh, exiled from like a prosperous kingdom and forced to survive into like the dangerous world beyond you know the the kingdom that idea like i don't know i don't know where i got it from to be honest i was just inspired writing but that that was like the core of of mana finder and from there i started uh, like you know like writing down like okay why was there a kingdom uh why is the world outside so dangerous and how can i write a story around this and Okay, that's just a premise, but like, where does the story go from here? (laughs) (laughs) But the big focus was uh, surviving, you know, after being so used to the comfort of the kingdom where you Mm -hmm. live, and suddenly being thrown to the outside world, like that uh, contrast, I really wanted to, to focus on that.
0: That's really cool. So it sounds like a lot of the, the you you kind of like had to figure out all the lore behind the game and, and yes. figure out. Yeah. So like what what came next? Was it the characters like was it the environment? So I would say
1: first, like the general idea, then the very main characters. I knew I wanted like the protagonist, Lambda. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I wanted her to be uh, silent protagonist uh, because i wanted the character to be a bit of self-inserting into this character and the other main character which is king Biker, you know the the king of the one kingdom where you're exiled from and i wanted to make them like complete opposites like king Biker is like super old he's male he's uh you know like a pretty archetypical who was good but then became like you know tyrant Mm -hmm. and you on the other side are like uh, a no one like a a peasant Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, in this case uh, female and uh, yeah like a complete jump like a complete opposite of the king so that that was like the the first characters and from there I started building the world and then more of the side characters uh, and finally, like, the plot structure, like, at the very big points, but uh, that's really fun, you know, writing the story, and the lore, and the world building, and all that, that's, like, super, super fun, super rewarding, but then I ran into, <clears throat> especially as I, as friends play tested my game, uh, you have to be careful with not doing, like, overexposition, uh, you don't want to... As much story you want to tell, you have to be careful with not, you know, like bombarding players with stories. You have to be careful with the pacing and after all, it's a game, right? It's not a book, so that also played a role in, you know, like modifying some aspects of the story. Sometimes also maybe in a book, for example, going to a mountain and fighting like the big boss is probably like a one paragraph, but in the game. That's like a big excuse to, you know, (laughs) play like a dungeon and like a big chunk of uninterrupted gameplay where you fight, you know, monsters then fight a big boss. So it's interesting, like, uh, okay, you have a great story, but it's a game after all. So you have to transform that story into, how does this play with the gameplay elements? How can this be fun and entertaining? How can you keep the player's attention and interest? So that balance, uh, I had to keep tweaking some parts of the story. Like sometimes you think it's a final version, but once you play it, some things are not as cool as reading them, you know, once Mm -hmm. you see them in a game.
0: So like, it sounds like a lot of the, when you did a lot of the writing, like, you kind of had to figure out what worked, kind of what didn't work. And, you know, like, how long was that process? Uh, You know, like, it sounds like you, you, you know, you had some good feedback, you know, from some friends of yours as well. Like, how long did it take you to kind of nail that the overall, like, I I guess you could say the overall story of this game?
1: Uh, I would say, like, probably. Well, the. You know, it kept changing because uh, I cannot give you an exact time, but like uh, <laughs> I had to keep cutting some scenes mm-hmm. or like uh, reducing the amount of text. That's another uh, challenge for me. You know, I'm not a I, I'm not an English native speaker, yeah. so sometimes I can be too verbose on the text. So I had to you know learn and how to, okay, how can you be more direct about what you're saying? Uh, but also while keeping, you know, like a, a flair on your text, like you also don't want to be like very simple English sentences with no personality. For mm-hmm. so striking that balance, it's a lot of back and forth. What I can tell you though, is that demoing the first part of the game uh, and seeing reactions after, you know, putting it out there a bit and also on the Steam Next Fest, Mm-hmm. people could actually play the demo once you see people reacting positively to it that gives you like a huge confidence boost and then you can move faster because you know that what you're doing is working and that I, I not only mean that on gameplay but also on the, on the pacing which is a, a big challenge especially in RPGs I would say like okay story beat then gameplay beat then side activities and keeping things interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing was a big concern of mine. Uh, but then after seeing reactions to, you know, the demo and all that, that you start to understand like, okay, this is a formula that, that works, this is what and then you can move way faster. Uh, so, so at first it was pretty slow, lots of back and forth. Then you start trust in your own process and you can start speeding up uh production and development
0: and production so what would what would you say was like the hardest part about creating mana finder
1: uh putting it out there (laughs) (laughs) like uh honestly that development process was super fun like uh another thing i haven't talked about by the way was i'm not an artist Mm -hmm. but i i was lucky to find some pretty talented pixel artists so I can Im- I feel like I'm pretty I have a big imagination uh, but you know describing the things I want and doing like very you know basic like uh, sketches and you know having trusting the artists to transfer to you know to get your vision yeah that's also at first it was a lot of back and forth but I feel like through time you build like this, especially if you get along with the artists you're working with, you build this like a process and it comes very naturally then, that uh, just let's start speaking the same like language, okay. They start understanding like, okay, these are the things you like, so this is probably a style of art that you like. And that also starts becoming uh, a much faster process. So, in general, I would say the hardest thing is, like, uh, like uh, getting to that, like, in the zone, like, that process, mm-hmm. and putting your game out there, like, uh, that's pretty difficult, especially the first time, like, uh, feedback, uh, learning how to accept feedback, especially the good feedback, you know, but that's that's helpful, that helps you grow yeah but sometimes there's also like you know negative feedback with no not constructive at all that uh, that's also you have to learn to to take it <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be careful with your ego you know even with the constructive feedback
0: yeah uh, I, uh, man i'm glad you said that because like this was uh like to segue into a question i was going to ask you a little later on it's like this has like you have some really good reviews for this game uh you know if you look on if you look on steam right now you have like positive a very positive reviews towards this if you um on rpg fan rpg fan rated this game like an incredibly like stingy site when it comes to like rpgs they they grade kind of kind of pretty harshly at times like they gave this an 87 so you, so you have fantastic reviews. What was it like to actually see the positive reception towards something you worked so hard on?
1: Uh, I would describe it as relief. Because, <laughs> you know, even after all that feedback, you may gather through production and testing and, you know, the festivals like Steam Next or conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a part of you like, uh, okay, well, would people like the, the final product. Um uh, And it just felt so good, like, uh, uh, yeah, I would say like a relief, like, okay. I know you shouldn't like ultimately, like, uh, you know, wait for other's opinion to validate your work, but I won't lie. It feels, it feels good when your product is, is well received. It, It certainly boosts your confidence and yeah, it feels like, okay, I, I did something that, that people like. It's that's human,
0: the... you know? It's human to, for us to want to feel appreciated, to want to feel yeah. like our work is validated, you know? It's like i I get it, man. it's it's incredibly satisfying whenever you see that pay off too. like yes. yeah, I, I really want to say congratulations because you really made a fantastic game. So I gotta ask though, um based on everything you've told me so far and you know, the general reception for this game, like, how how well two questions first is like how excited did that make you to start a new game right afterwards and then the second question is how did you celebrate like how did you celebrate getting all this positive feedback <laughs> and putting out a game for the first time
1: so starting next game uh well actually i haven't announced it but yeah i'm working obviously on the sequel <laughs> okay uh, but you know actually i told my wife i released the game on october of last year and i told my wife i'm gonna take a break until january of next year because as enjoyable as the process was especially leading to release it was a lot of work a lot of hard work so i also have a day job so i wouldn't say it was burning out but i was definitely like giving it everything i had because you know it's, it's your product it's your baby you want everything to go well so i was definitely on that last mile like overworking uh because it, there's just so much things you have to take care of for release mm-hmm. um so i told my wife after release i'm gonna take a break uh then but you know especially after seeing the positive reception my mind was like nah you have to start now <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think I waited like probably like a month and I'm already started like conceptualizing what's next. That's so, so cool. I, I, you know, there's, I can't help it. Like my mind is already, I feel like I need that creative outlet. And
0: yeah, so, yeah, I get and, that. It's like you're a creator and it's, uh, it's like you, you feel wrong if you're standing still, you know? Yeah. So yeah.
1: how did I celebrate? Um. You know, I didn't. I just had a nice meal uh with my wife, and then with a group of friends. Nothing. That's cool. Not really special, like, uh, But it was like a pretty nice, uh, uh, you know, hanging out with the people I love.
0: That's that's amazing. And ask for more. That's amazing. That's sweet. Like, um, did you all have steak that night? Uh,
1: I think just hamburgers. Yeah, hamburgers. That's good. <laughs> cool that's a of, classic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm a hamburger guy
0: yeah i feel you i feel you i like that (laughs) i like that um what's the bet what's your what's your toppings on your burger
1: you know what just uh cheese tomato and raw onion
0: okay okay i like that okay i'm i'm a little more picky like it's just meat (laughs) cheese and maybe some mustard ketchup and pickles that's it But like yeah but yeah it's it's man that that sounds good like so you got to celebrate pretty hard i i want to point out something really cool for everyone listening to listening to the show like this is a game that i i kid you not like incredible 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 artwork the incredible like journey you can really see like like, you can really see the effort that he put into this because like i'm gonna read some stats here everyone so this has 20 plus fantasy biomes 120 unique beasts to fight it is story centric is turn-based and when i kid you not this actually has when when i was talking about those biomes it has spring-like environments it has cave-like environments it has snow kind of environments you can see some biomes where it looks like it's kind of in a volcano kind of kind of like like environment this is very detailed it's very pretty if you like old school retro rpgs this is it's a it's a gem for you but enough about me gabbing about it i got you here for a reason and my next question for you is you know you told me about working with uh the artists you know kind of building relationship and they they're them kind of figuring out your art style i gotta ask you about the music like uh, did you do this yourself or like who'd you Uh, who did the soundtrack for this game
1: well actually uh you know i found a composer first you know i was like Browsing around forums, Reddit, Facebook. Then uh, I found uh, this guy, Nestor is his name. Okay. Uh, and I liked his work from his band camp. And you know what? Uh, we immediately started talking about the project. And he's actually the one who put me in touch with the pixel artist because I was struggling to find. Uh, pixel artists that were available um, for the type of work that I required and so I got lucky in that sense that he pulled me in touch with the pixel artists so yeah what the music is Nestor a uh, great guy uh, I love working with him it's a similar process to what I described with the you know the, the artwork uh, I had these ideas and then at first there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, I feel like the first song was the one we took the longest. Um, Just because it's probably the most important, right? It defines like the soundscape of of, of the game. Uh, And you know what's funny? (laughs) The first song that was supposed to be for the first area, the Emerald Mm -hmm. Trail, uh, I ended up using it for a different area because I wanted something more upbeat. So even after all that back and forth, the song was not even used for its intended purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. It's so, like, it sounded like you kind of... It, it, and you nailed it, by the way. Like, you, you figured it out all in the end. But, like... I love how you knew something wasn't going to work and you pivoted because like it seems like artists have a hard time with that to where like they kind of have a vision. They would kind of want to see that vision through instead of saying, oh, this kind of didn't work. Let's let's go in a different direction here. It seems like like throughout this whole entire process, what you were telling me is like you made those decisions to see what worked, what didn't work, and yeah. then kind of made the choice to go with something, and like, even if it was just marginally better, you know,
1: and honestly, like sometimes you have to take the really really hard choices, which is cutting stuff. Uh, but you know, being indie and small, pivoting is also I feel like uh, a great choice because, after all, if you commission a new song, a new art, that's that's money, right? And yeah, budget, budget team, you know, for like small indie games, <laughs> and that plays out in a lot of like even game design decisions. um, Mm -hmm. Like I had all these ideas that, you know, at first you're like super ambitious with your project uh, and then you have to realize everything is time and, and money. So you have to be conscious about what's really, really what I need to tell the story I want to tell and for Mana Finder to be the game I want to be and you start becoming pretty harsh about, okay, this feature will not make it. This feature will make it. And uh, that, that was, you know, sometimes... There are some features that I wish made it, but then there's always room in the sequel.
0: Yeah, the, the, hey, man, that's exactly what I was about to say. I'm like, you got the sequel coming up. You got plenty of... <laughs> plenty, you can save some of the features for the sequel. So that that's really cool. Um, I. You know i want to pivot for a second you know like this you know with mana finder with games like another game i recently played um recently called Al- uh, alterium shift um uh, like it seems like we're in this era of like retro style rpgs making a real resurgence in-, in video games and you're part of that journey what is it, do you feel like it's making like this genre is coming back in a strong way and what's it like being a part of such a legacy genre
1: yeah, uh, well, first of all, speaking of Ratsy, like, uh, we, uh, that's very important, what you're describing in general, because I feel like, in general, uh, in the RPG community, is pretty supportive of each other, like, including Ratsy, like, uh, we, you know, from Alterium Shift, mm-hmm. we, on Twitter, for example, we, well, now X, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, like, like, and retweet, like, you know, to expand our audiences yeah we're all like pretty i feel supportive of each other and yeah i felt like i was part of that movement especially in social media and that gives you also like a small confidence boost like okay i'm not alone on this this journey and it feels cool to be part of like something larger i feel like the more you know tools advanced like it's easier for smaller teams to even individuals to make their own video games and rpgs have the problem of being like very content heavy so that's why i feel it took a while longer for indie to pick that genre up but now uh, even that's becoming more and more possible and i feel like it's just a response to people want in that content right? like we we love we still love turn-based RPGs even though there might be less and less in the in the mainstream mm-hmm. um, so I feel it's a reaction to that you know like people still want that yeah <laughs> I'm it's... curious though if the audience is mostly people our age or if also then newer generations enjoy turn-based RPGs
0: that is a very good question because like um audiences are age you know like i i'm in my 30s i'm you know like i you know i I think like audiences our age love these turn-based RPGs out of like nostalgia a little bit, because that's kind of what we grew up with. We grew up with Final Fantasy, like Golden Sun. We grew up with Pokemon, like all these big, big meaty turn-based RPGs. But like this new generation, this Fortnite generation, I'm like, are they going to resonate? Is that still going to resonate with them? Because like even the Final Fantasy games now, like you see Final Fantasy seven, you see Final Fantasy 16. They're not turn-based anymore so i'm like what is their games not going is it just going to be action centric is it going to be 3d alone like what is that is it like are we remnants of an old era and we're just clinging on to like what we know (laughs) like this is you you brought up that question is so fascinating
1: i feel like it could be that we're clinging to that era but after all uh, the market will tell right like if, if people still want this i feel like there's room for both uh you know people can enjoy the new 3d high value productions <laughs> more action centric mm-hmm. and you know they, they can later play also like a more puzzle style game i hope i feel like there's gaming hasn't doesn't need to be one thing or the other that's a cool thing i feel it's it has something for everyone
0: yeah for sure for sure so you know speaking of something for everyone like we were talking about rpgs and there is a little device. Oh well, I I can't say little cuz it's actually pretty pretty medium pretty big. But there's a device in the world called the Steam Deck. Like mm. and usually when I have a when I have an indie game like this on, uh, you know, if I don't ask this question, people are going to be pop 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 banging on my door, <laughs> ready 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 to beat down my door and get the answer. So, I got to ask you, is this Steam Deck verified?
1: Correct. It it actually was verified just last month
0: what congrats even
1: though thank you even though based on reviews mm-hmm. uh people had told me it was playable from beginning to end on steam deck mm-hmm. and that people had reported but you know like uh you have no control over valve when they decide to verify, verify. they have a huge catalog to verify i don't blame them but now that it's official it, it feels great that now i have that guarantee that yeah the game is steam deck verified so you can definitely enjoy it on the go and i feel like it's a great game for
0: that oh yeah this is that and we mentioned like the the rpg and jrpg genres like that feels like a for me especially it feels like a on the on the go kind of genre still. you know like i think of like when i think of it i think of my game boy advance back in the day or my game boy and and such, or my PSP. I'm like, oh, like <laughs> when I see games like this, I'm like, oh, I I don't even go anywhere and I want to play games like this on the go, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah, it's it's so much fun. But um, I got a couple of last questions before we um before we finish with our main topic of the show. So Mana find Mana Finder, like when you created this game, did you like who who did you create this game for? Like, what was your intended audience?
1: That's actually uh, great, I feel like something very important, it was a game for myself. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) like that. Weird, but um, I didn't want to compromise on anything, so because it was a passion project and it was born out of my, you know, need for a creative outlet, I decided I want to make a game the way I want to do it. Uh, having said that, especially as, you know, it starts started materializing from concept to an actual game, and then, you know, uh, a, a product you can sell, that's when I started, okay, where's my audience in this? I'm sure there's more people like me that like turn-based RPGs. And as I, you pretty much said it, uh, you know, a few minutes ago, like, people from our age, that grow up playing this kind of games. That's the main audience. However, a part of me still targeted this to younger generations as well. Like the, I feel like, as you mentioned, like games like Final Fantasy that has stories that really struck a chord Mm -hmm. when growing up. Uh, I kind of wish this game can do that for, you know, some young adults as well, like who happen to be playing uh mana finder um so uh, to summarize mostly people are age but i'm also hopeful that younger uh, generations can can pick it up
0: yeah um i met- i think i mentioned this on my episode when i was interviewing um the creators of shrines legacy it feels like like every it feels like we have this whole renaissance of like people our age making these type of games to where like Where we are basically like saying these games can't die. Like we will not let these games die. We're gonna support these type of games. And you know, I I wanna ask, you know, like based on, you know, where you're going in the future, based on everything you've worked on in the past, it's like with this art style, do you feel like this art like with your art style in Mana Finder, do you feel like um do you feel like you learned a lot of lessons while creating this type of game in this art style and then be like while creating the game like this, do you feel like what's the next evolution for like games that have this art style? Do you feel like we're going to see a whole bunch of games similar to Octopath in the future, or do you feel like games are still going to have yeah. this retro feel to it?
1: Well, I feel like with Mana Finder, I went for a very um, low-fi. Not, I wouldn't say like it's not very strictly like 16-bit, but it's definitely you know without look and feel. Um, you know, that also plays a role in the budgeting like uh, the, the images uh, you know, being of not lower quality, but lower
0: uh, like pixel count. yeah
1: Yeah, that makes it easier for the artist to make um, and therefore they can make them faster and therefore it's uh, you know, uh, more cost effective for what I wanted to do and not only that, but I was you know, especially in love with the 16-bit era. Um, having said that, I feel like uh, now that if in the sequel, like what I'm looking forward to and what I feel like a lot of games are doing and what's probably next, like for example, Altium Shift, it's a great example, is like for this mix of old and new. Mm-hmm. like. Uh, I feel like pixel art is not going away and probably never will um but there's also like a lot of you know you're not no longer bound by like the console limitations so you can do a lot of cool effects on top of that ourselves. stuff like uh like for example more textures more layers like
0: uh 3d modeling more, as well
1: that more resolution so i feel like that's what's next and that's probably what would be more attractive to both old and new generations it's like a a mishmash of old and new like a pixel representation with a lot of new cooler, more modern effects
0: all right so you know one last question before we move on to our next topic of the show and it is That, you know, I, when I was doing some research into Mana Finder before this episode, I happened to find that one of the most beloved characters in this entire game is a character called Scar. And. You know, while I was doing this research, I was figuring out why is Scar, why is why are these people talking about Scar? Like, why Scar is such a, this beloved character? Like, because historically speaking, I know Scar from The Lion King. I'm like that. That's usually like where I, <laughs> where, I where I picture of Scar. But then I, yeah. you know, I you know I reached out and, and one person told me it is the bestest, goodest boy and deserves all the loves and pets. You know, and I thought to myself, I'm like, okay. Scar is the bestest boy. So can you tell everybody about this dog and, and why it is one of the best characters in this game?
1: So Scar is a uh, shar and he's your loyal companion in the game. Uh, he joins me pretty early in the game and he's like pretty much your companion throughout the whole game. And, you know, I love dogs and Scar is, you know, he, He's inspired by a real dog. It was my wife's dog, but uh, he passed away like six years ago already. I'm
0: sorry um, to hear that, man. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, he was pretty old, so he had a happy life. <laughs> uh, he he was named after the Lion King character, so you were not far <laughs> from that. <laughs> but uh, obviously... I named him after the dog so it's actually it's like uh you know <laughs> the reference just... is now uh, on the dog not on the disney boy and you know the cool thing and something that was really baked into both the game design and the story is that for me you know the, the relationship with the dog is one of trust and loyalty so in the game you do not control the dog uh, so instead you him to do the right thing and he follows your commands he's pretty loyal and like if he attacks he attacks the same enemy as you do if you like he follows suit and i mean you can customize a bit his his priorities mm-hmm. but in general uh every turn you do not have to select his commands that's because i wanted to you know first of all the game is focused on lambda the main mm-hmm. character and Scarry is a companion that, that you trust, but that you trust also in the sense that he'll do the right thing and he'll be there for you. And that's sweet. That's part of, for me, what, you know, trusting a dog is about. And, uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, the a love the love a dog has for its owner is almost unconditional. <laughs>
0: That's super sweet. Um, yeah, I, I get that completely. I have a dog named Biscuit. He's two years old. He's a Labrador. Yeah, for sure. And he follows me around and follows suit to everything I actually, everything I do. So I, I, I understand what you mean by that. It's, and you know, it's very sweet that you paid homage to your dog, Scar, with by naming, you know, by having Scar in this game as well. That's, that's super sweet. But, so.
1: Whoever the, the real Scar was not a fighter. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, The real scar. He, he did a fighter.
1: intimidate some people, especially like little kids, because he was mm-hmm. you know medium sized and had a pretty like uh, stoic look. Mm-hmm. But no, he's like super shy and no, not a
0: fighter. <laughs> <laughs> That's super sweet. That's super sweet. So mm-hmm. you know, I got one last. Qu- I got one last question leading into our next segment, and that is. Jorge, hey, are you ready? Because it is time for our pro-nerd trivia portion of the show, where I ask our esteemed guest five questions, everybody. And if he gets all five correct, he enters our pro-nerd Hall of Fame. Spoiler alert for people who have, who've you know, only seen this show. This is the first time you're seeing this show. We have two, two entries into the Hall of Fame. And of all the people we've interviewed, and I think, you know, we're into, we're getting close to uh, over 120 at this point. We, oh <laughs> so... The odds are not in your favor, but I believe in you, Jorge. I believe in you. I think you're going to do a very good job. So, everyone, I ask again, Jorge, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I like the confidence. First off, our first question is in a galaxy far, far away, because our first question is in the realm of Star Wars. Uh, How familiar are you with this topic of Star Wars?
1: i've seen the movies okay
0: Uh,
1: i'm familiar not hardcore familiar but okay
0: i like it i like it i like it all right so here we go Woo! this one might be a hard one it depends on on who it depends on who you ask though but all right so in star wars What episode number is the first Star Wars Wars film? What episode number is the first Star Wars film? He's he's on the board, everybody. He got it correct. (laughs) He got it correct. All right. So we're warming up here. Our second category is in the realm of Harry Potter. Harry Potter. You pretty familiar with this category as well?
1: Mm, Yes, but I skip oh no
0: oh no there's a little bit shakiness in his voice everyone a little bit of shaking in his voice all right so here we go which character was known for being the headmaster of hogwarts which character was known for being the headmaster of hogwarts
1: the headmaster dumbledore
0: he is correct everyone he's two for two dumbledore is correct all right so Yeah, we're moving on to our third, third category. Our third category is in the realm. Oof, this is a hard one, everyone. It is in the realm of action movies. Action movies. All right. So, our question is in the realm of action movies, specifically famous quotes. All right. All right. So. famous quotes here we go all right for some reason it it, it's refreshing i don't know why but anyways i'm gonna ask really quick all right so there we go all right fame which line had this famous quote i don't know who you are i don't know what you want if you're looking for ransom i can tell you i don't have money but what I do have are a particular set of skills, skills that I have acquired over a very long career. I will find you, and I will kill you. So I'm gonna read the quote again, everyone. It, it, it kind of skipped a little bit, but I'm gonna read the complete quote right here. Jorge, I'm gonna ask you the question again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which action movie had the follow said the following quote? I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. What I do have are very particular set of skills, skills that I've acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will not look look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you and I will kill you. Jorge, do you know the answer to this question? Uh, Is
1: it uh, taken?
0: It is taken. It is absolutely oh. taken. Liam Bees is taken. <laughs> all right. All right. He had to think for a second, but he got it. He got it. So, Jorge, you have answered a Star Wars question, a Harry Potter question, a action movie question. So you have answered three questions, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've got to know all the correct. How do you feel right now?
1: Pretty good, yeah. Pretty
0: good. good. Pretty good. Well, Jorge, it is our fourth question, and it is in the realm of the MCU. The MCU, that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for all you yeah. people who don't know what the MCU stands for. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. Oof. What or who is the name of Black Panther's little sister? In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who is or what is the name of Black Panther's little sister? Ah,
1: uh, I see. Like, like I, I can see her in my mind, but the name Shuri.
0: Shuri is correct. Shuri is correct. You have. Four out of five questions so far. Man, you're, you're on a roll. You are doing really good. You're doing really good. We are down to our fifth and final question, everybody. We might have a new entry into our Pro Nerd Hall of Fame, our third entry, if you will. Whew. Everyone, the nerves are high. I'm nervous for him. He, on the other hand, looks like his, he has nerves of steel right now, no no hesitation no no fear in his eyes right now but let's see if it's all for nothing here we go our fifth and final question is in the realm of middle earth lord of the rings jorge are you familiar with the fellowship of the ring yes (laughs) okay all right let's see (laughs) Let's see how you do in the category of Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, goodness. I hate it for you. All right. So in Lord of the Rings, what was the name of Sauron's fortress in Mordor?
1: Mm. Was it just like Fortress of Doom?
0: No, hold on, hold on. Let me read out the question again. In Lord of the Rings, what was the name of Sauron's Fortress in Mordor?
1: Sauron's Fortress in Mordor.
0: It has a very specific name. In Lord of the Rings, what was the name of Sauron's Fortress in Mordor? That one, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. The answer is borador
1: borador
0: oh no borador uh, you were uh, so close you got four well. out of five correct how do you feel about your performance man i think you did good
1: well yeah but i'm surprised i have like for example let's keep some harry potter films and <laughs> yeah. in a harry potter category <laughs>
0: You you did good though, man. You pulled the Harry Potter question and, and you know, if, if for some people who only seen half of the movies, you know, that, that's a pretty good one. The Lord of the Rings one, and by the way, is our second hardest category. Like Star Trek and then Lord of the Rings. Those are two hardest categories. Hmm. Uh, you know, like it it's historically speaking, like it Lord of the Rings is so namey, like it has so many yeah. names and such like that, it makes it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. So, anyways you did really good Jorge before we go <laughs> that was before, fun yeah, <laughs> you, before we go I have two final questions and that is Jorge where can people find this amazing game Mana Finder
1: so right now on Steam mm-hmm. or also itch.io you can itch.io you can go to ManaFinder.com to find out the latest you know uh, places where Mana Finder will be available
0: all right all right and everybody you can also find jorge at which social media platforms or mana finder social media platforms
1: yeah uh so on twitter or x it's mana finder instagram it's also mana finder uh facebook mana finder um and that's it yeah Uh, twitter is where i'm the most active uh but on all social media like twitter instagram facebook
0: and so so everyone if you want to if you want to go and follow him on all the social media platforms the link to do so will be in the descriptions below but also if you want to go get this amazing game and trust me you're going to want to get this amazing game you should go down and scroll down to the description hit that link in the description and it'll take you right to the steam page where you can buy and play banner finder so without further ado or hey we're almost out of time almost but I lied to you. I said I had two final questions. My my last question, though, thing is, you know, besides your game, what game would you recommend to the audience today? Oh, wow. Uh... It can be anything. You can support another indie. You can talk about some a cool game you've been playing lately. Like, what is one game you think, based on Jorge's taste, that people should definitely check out?
1: Uh... Probably uh you know you just said yourself like golden sun golden sun yeah it's a duology mm-hmm. but uh you're in for a for a great time
0: all right everyone and i believe i think that's on like this like the switch now with um with uh the nintendo like the nintendo like online servers now
1: yeah, it's not I, they Is it, yeah? said it's coming out but oh, i don't okay. think it's added,
0: so man that sucks mm. <laughs> I thought it was there, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Man. Man. But anyways, you know, everyone be on the lookout. It'll probably be on the virtual Game Boy um, or the virtual console on Nintendo soon. But I digress. Everyone, it has been great having you on the show, Jorge. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a great
0: time. (laughs) Man. So everyone, go check out Mana Finder. Stay safe, stay gaming, and enjoy the single-player experience. I've been Sebastian. That's been Jorge. And we're out, everyone. Bye so that's a wrap for today's episode i want to give a special shout out and thank you to jorge blanco for being on the show today i also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server it's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers